Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week we're discussing something that likely haunts every trans person who transitions as an adult. So hop in the chair and initiate the splinter sequence because it's time to talk about the past. I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the shiniest apple in the barrel, Susan Bridges. So you're, you're going to do the shiny thing for each one, huh? I, did I say shiny last episode? I don't, well, I don't think it was I shiny. Think it was I think it was sparkly. Star. Yes. All right. All right. I'm going to see how when you run out of these. Oh. Yeah. Now it's a challenge. Hello. Okay. Our returning guest is audio maven extraordinaire Jillian Morgan. She is a Hello. trans... Yay, there she is. She's a trans woman learning how to be a housewife to her amazing partner of 20 years after a 26-year career in radio. Her hobbies include audio drama, old-time radio, Legos, watching pro wrestling, and general nerdery. She has been the director of The Kingery for Pendant Audio since 2013, as well as co-directing Pendant's Archer and Armstrong and Jeffrey Thorne's Dreamnasium, has written several short scripts for seminar and appeared as a voice actor in most of Pendant's shows over the years. She would also love to tell you about her cats. Hey, you didn't get to yes. do that last time. Tell us about That's your right. cats. That's right. Well, Loki, our youngest, is sitting right here sleeping. So, well, he's rubbing against me now. He, he knows I'm being, he's being talked about. Um, he's two years old. We have a three-year-old black cat named Kona. My wife named that because she, she loves coffee. And then there's our, our little old lady baby, Mimi, who is 16 years old and still going strong. Wow. Yes. Holy so those, wow. are, those are my cats, and they do cute things, and I post pictures of them sometimes playing around boxes. Everyone loves cats yeah. and cat yes. pictures. Very so. good. That's yes. what the internet for. what the internet was for. That's right. Absolutely. You're using the internet correctly. Yes. Uh, okay, Somebody so has to. That's right. There's too many people out there not doing that. Exactly. Okay, so Jillian, what yes. has been the most surprising thing for you uh, that you've discovered maybe after knowing you were trans or part of your transition or anything? What's what surprised you the most? Honestly, a lot of it for me has been finding people really don't care in a lot of cases, but the ones that do care really care. <laughs> <laughs> you are right about that. Because most of the uh, the cis people that I've told about this, for the most part, have been okay, great, that's awesome. We'll we'll, tell, we'll start trying to remember your name and your pronouns, and everything like that. Um, and it's just you know, there's there's a few people that still are a little hmm, about it, and you know, but I I have thankfully personally never been on the receiving end of any massive hate attacks or anything like that. Yeah, not good. Um, most people don't care; they just want to go. It's just the problem is we've got a lot of people out there who really care a lot about the wrong things and ruin it for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's important for a lot of people to remember is that the transphobes and the turfs and the, the nasty bigots, uh, they're very, very loud, but 
they're not that high in number. Right. They're very much in the minority. Yes. yes. Um, as we saw, even with the recent elections, you know, here in uh, 2022, just passed in November, where so many Republicans campaigned on anti-trans rhetoric and like almost all of them lost nationwide. <laughs> uh, it's Texas. not a winning strategy for them. Because people don't care. They're like, trans people are fine. We're just humans. Because it's exactly like Jillian said. Yeah. It's only a small number of people exactly. who really care. Yeah. And sorry, no one else really does. That's right. Uh, You're just a weirdo. <laughs> you might get a few looks, but that's that's about as far as it goes, usually. Okay. So what is the one uh, piece of advice that you would give to someone who's just starting their transition? What What do you wish that you had known before you started? What What would have helped you to know ahead of time? Find people like you, um, because I know for me, when I started uh, the whole thing, like you was in the middle of the pandemic. Yay. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, that aren't that you can't do when you're starting out that you normally would have even a year before or two years before in my case, because we can't couldn't go anywhere or we were very limiting how much we were doing at that point. Right. So however you can find community, if it has to be online, great. Find people online to talk to and get advice from them. And if you can find it out, if you feel brave enough to go out in the real world, find that there. I'll be honest, the biggest source of community for me since since I've done this, aside from online, has I, I found a very affirming church. Um, it's wonderful. Your, your brother goes to it, actually. Yes, yes. And I've met him. It's it's amazing. But yeah, they're very amazing. And they're, they have a huge trans gender nonconforming population there i mean especially for a church but you know like a good amount and they and it's just been a wonderful thing to just see and hear trans faces trans voices yeah on a regular basis it's just amazing because you're like okay i don't feel so alone but even if you can't for whatever reason or you're in an area that doesn't have the resources that you need or that you feel comfortable going to even an online space is still absolutely something that helped because when i first started all i had was a few friends online like you and then you recommended me to some zoom spaces and i got in those and so that was that was a nice way for me to kind of start getting into the trans experience yeah sounds like a a rock album but (laughs) it could and then yeah and then once i started finding stuff here that was local and fit me because i'll be honest a lot of what i found when i was first looking was for young people i'm 48 so I'm I'm not exactly spring chicken. So I felt a little weird going into some of those groups or for black or Latinx groups, which yeah. I'm I'm happy for them to have those. I love that they have them, but I don't belong in those spaces. I'm right. I'm very white. So you have to find your community however you can. And if it's online, do it. But definitely find some form of community. Yeah, it really it really makes a big difference. I found an online group uh, not long after I came out and it, it meant so much to just have them there to be like, I don't understand this thing that's going on with my hormones or I don't understand how to do this thing that trans people need to do and to just have right. those people who have that experience and that knowledge who could be there to you know, help you. It's invaluable. So I think that's that's a really, really yeah. great piece of advice. And it's very important when you need those spaces to like talk about things that are very trans things that you can't I can't like I can talk to to my wife you can talk to your wife about certain things but they're yeah. not going to understand it like a right. trans community would necessarily so that's a nice to have that outlet as well so you can say hey I'm going through this or I just experienced this for the first time and you can brag about it whereas your your cis partner may not get the big deal about it 
Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to get too far before we we I ask you this, but um, I'm not like Christian or anything. But for like trans people who are, what is that church that you go to, and and where is it, and where maybe could they find more about it? Because I think that would be. You know what? I feel that feels to me like like a diamond in the rough. Like those those kinds of churches feel like they must be really rare. And so yes, if there's one out there that's that supportive of queer people and trans people specifically, I mean, I know of at least two. Oh, great! But just me, but no, go ahead, Jillian. Well, the website is GalileoChurch.org, like the scientist. Um, they are a Christian church, disciples of Christ. They are located in very South Fort Worth slash Arlington, Texas. But they also do a lot of stuff online. They do, they stream the, the services online. And it's in a very safe, very loving place. Um, they, they have a female pastor and a non-binary assistant pastor. So, you know, you get a little bit of everything there. And like I said, you, you'll see trans faces helping out with the various parts of the service as it goes. And... It it's home. It feels like home when I go there, and oh, you know I don't so try great. to be that person very often. I don't try to be that person very often who's going to push you know religious religiousness on you. Of course, but, you know if if that's something that you need in your life, you need something to fill that spiritual hole. You know that this is definitely the kind of place that you need to find because yeah, I, I know that that's and, that's really important to a lot of folks. Um, even though it's not you know my thing, I it. It feels like that is a thing that would be really hard for a lot of trans people to find, because I know a lot of trans people right. that have sort of been kicked out of their churches, or they're not welcome mm-hmm. there after coming out, and how much it devastates them. So I think this place could be a really great resource. Yeah, and I've been out of church for years because because of that, because I, they didn't seem to want to accept people that yeah. were that I loved. And that's why I told, told my mom about this, because like I said, we were raised very conservative Baptist. They still are. And she would always bug me about going to church with her. And I just told her, I said, I don't want to go because most of them don't love the people I love or don't seem to. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And finally, as I found myself, I was able to find the need for spirituality again, which led me down this path. And it's been an amazing experience to be in there knowing that I can be who I am. These people have never known dead names. They only know Jillian. And that's that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And they they love me. <laughs> and I I'm love so them. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you found that place and that other people, other trans people and queer people can have a place like that in this world. We need a lot more of that. So I'm very glad that we got that information out there. Yeah. Look them being... up if they're if if you're in the market. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about the past. Each person in this world or frankly, universe, I don't discriminate, cis or otherwise has their own unique relationship to the past, right? It's just frustratingly how linear time works for us mere mortals. But for trans people who transition as adults, it's a little different. Every memory I have from before I transition has this tinge of sadness to it, a longing that things could have been different. It's really hard to explain to cis people. Like, can you imagine your past and your memories all feeling like they're not really yours? My happiest memories pre-transition, like the day Susan and I got married, it was a very low-key affair. We did not have much money, but it was a great day. I loved it because I love her so much. And and the day our son was born, or where we hit amazing moments in our writing career that felt like they might never arrive. You know, they're beautiful and happy moments that I cherish, but they're not entirely happy. I don't have a single 100% 
happy pre-transition memory because I was never able to be 100% myself before transitioning. So when I revisit those memories, they're all from behind this wall, keeping me out, you know, from underwater as, as I struggled for breath. If you're not familiar, um, those are metaphors I have used in the past to try to convey a little bit of what it's like to have gender dysphoria and move through the world, trying to get close to the people you care about. So if you need a refresher for that, please check out the website. Um, you will It's in the uh, Trans 101 pack and probably one of the others too, but the gender dysphoria post will have a lot of information on that for you. So I've had gender dysphoria my whole life, even if I didn't know what it was or have a name for it for a really long time. And, and once you can spot it and name it, you can see that it was always there. And all of your memories, or, or mine anyway, are kind of refocused through that lens. Have you experienced that sort of same thing, Jillian? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's for me in the past, there's so many things I wanted to do, but couldn't because man or boy yeah. in that case, you know, I wanted... I wanted to take dance lessons when I was a kid. I, I played soccer, but I, I was more interested in the flowers than anything else. I was extremely interested in the royal wedding with Diana and Charles, which also shows you how old I am. More than any eight-year-old child of the male gender should be. And there's just all of these things I feel like I missed out on because, you know, I was I was told, you're a boy. You don't do that. You don't watch those. You don't stand right. like that. You don't. Do any of that things. It is fine for boys to like that stuff too, but yes. our heavily gendered society will tell you that it's not okay and it's only for girls. And right. for some people, like like for you, that could have uh, been a sign that you know you're trans, but it is not necessarily a sign. Boys can like right. that. But yeah, it wasn't until I got to college that I really even started considering anything, you know, as far as gender or sexuality. Uh, I just thought, you know, I was straight weird straight cis dude yeah same same <laughs> the weird the weirdest thing i'd ever done was go to see rocky horror that probably put the first crack into my head oh. back at it but i'm sure you're not the only person that's oh, happened no. oh no 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 it wasn't until years later that I, I was there for an extended period of time and on the shadow cast and met my wife there and so yeah there, it will it will uh, crack a few eggs or at least make you wonder what is this i'm in Okay, so like I mentioned, the most important day of my life, right, was when Susan and I were married. Mm -hmm. I love her so much. She's my entire world. I love you. Your hands are so cold. They're always cold. My God. Um, but I had to marry her. <laughs> it's revenge. Yes. <laughs> but I had to marry her in a tux, right? Feeling mm -hmm. extra horrible right? and dysphoric yeah. because that's what suits did to me. Uh, if you want mm -hmm. more info on that, there's a whole thread on clothes, which you can uh, find on the website. And I also had this really short little buzz cut. Uh, which I've talked about uh, in my threads on hair and how important it was to me and my sense of identity. There's two threads on that that you can find on the website. But then to top it all off, you know, after the wedding, people called me her new husband. And oh, what a mixed bag that was, mm. right? Because on the one hand, it's distinctly male. So I hated it and it made me feel awful. But on the other hand, it meant that I was married to her and that made me so happy. So it's so weird and complex. And, and, you know, there's reminders of it everywhere because all of our wedding photos have that dude in mm -hmm. it and not me. Uh, there have mm -hmm. been multiple threads on photos as well, if you would like to check those out and why they're so weird and wonky. And, you know, there's like those memes on social media that were like, post a photo of yourself as a kid and also now and or from 10 years ago <laughs> and from now. And it's like, I can't do that because that wasn't really me, right? I mean, right. 
it took me a long time to even get comfortable posting like a timeline or a transition, a pre-transition, post-transition next to each other photo. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so weird to not have photos of yourself as a kid. Right. There's some uh, some other dude who got to be there instead of me, you know? And, and Tilly did not like my idea of cutting out construction paper hair and putting it on all the old pictures. <laughs> my face has changed a lot too. I mean, that's yeah. funny, but it wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah, I've got the same thing in my wedding pictures, the tuxedo, the sh the, the short buzz cut. I even yeah. have the, the Nile goatee back then because I couldn't grow a full denial beard. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little awkward uh, looking at those now. Like, huh? Yeah, we, that's that. That ain't me. That's not. Yeah, me. and I, I've been surprised to discover so many trans ladies have told me they had that buzz cut. It was part of the whole denial thing, you know, because mm -hmm. hair is so gendered as well. You know, long mm -hmm. hair you associate with women, and you're like, well, I can't let it get even an inch long. Right? It's got to be as short as possible. Right. So, now yeah. just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And make it strange colors sometimes. Yeah. That's me though. But, you know, now posting photos of myself from 10 years ago and today is okay because I've gotten to a point where I don't even associate myself with that dude. It's just some dude. It's not, it doesn't feel like it was ever actually me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I know not every trans person gets there. And for those who do, it comes at different times and it can be a really hard thing to wait for. Uh, or maybe you don't. I mean, not everyone will. Right. Everyone's different. So. Yeah. And that's really hard to deal with not knowing if you will get to that point. It was a total surprise for me when it happened. Uh, you can, again, see that in, in my threads on the photos. On the, the second one specifically is where it changed and knocked me over. It took me completely by surprise. But there's no escaping this whole issue, right? There's no getting around it. I can't pretend I was fully me back then. And I don't know if cis people can understand what it's like to have that with every single thing associated with the best day of your life. But then imagine that's every day of your life for your entire life, right? It's, it's well, as I wrote in there, it's hard to make this one sound natural, but it's like a well of melancholy. That is my memory that is dark and infinitely deep. I'm a writer. I, I can put some so poetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, pit of despair yes Got it. right but it was and you know i didn't yeah. get to be a little girl or a teen girl or a young adult mm -hmm. woman i didn't get those experiences or those memories i i don't even get the memories of the things i did experience from the perspective of the real me mm -hmm. so every single bit of it is waiting to cast me into the pit of despair see look i wrote it it was already there i know okay. Okay, so now something happened, and I want you to follow me on a little sojourn, a little dalliance, a trip down memory lane that will tie into everything soon, I promise. Okay, so back when I lived with my parents, I had a very difficult relationship with my mom and stepdad. They didn't know I was trans, so it wasn't because of that, because I didn't know I was trans. But I can tell you that if my mother had known, it would not have gone well. Regardless, the, the result of that relationship is that when I moved out on my own, all I could bring with me is whatever I could fit into the uh, rental car that I had to drive to the first place of my own where Susan was, some 400 miles away. I drove down to be with her. So a lot of what I could bring, I no longer have. They were guy clothes or shoes and bedding, stuff like that. So I've spent most of my adult life having nothing from my childhood, not even photos. It's, it's like it was all wiped out of existence. But one of the only things I do have it might be the only thing I have is this little, this little red Superman truck. It's actually right here. Oh, okay. I keep it on my desk. Yeah. So I've had it. A since, little daily planet truck. Since I was but a wee Tilly. And it has this picture on the side of, of the daily planet that says Superman saves the world, which is great. And then next to it, there's a picture of Clark Kent 
ripping open his shirt to show he's Superman. And why is that on the truck? You know he's Clark Kent because he's got the glasses on. Right, and he's opening the suit. And why? who put that to your broadcasting? It's just Clark Kent demonstrating the costume for readers of the Daily Planet. That's oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. Yes. Thank you. I've wondered about that my whole they life. They were like, hey, Clark Kent, you look about the size of Superman. <laughs> yeah, but you wear glasses, though, so you can't be Superman. Obviously Anyway, I, I came by my, my Superman fandom uh, very organically. This is from Little Little Tilly, and I've, I've been a giant Superman fan my whole life. But anyway, I treasure this truck like nothing else, right? Because it's my only tangible connection to my past. I, I don't even remember playing with it, but I remember having it and I remember pulling it out of my toys and saving it as I got older. And I know it's mine and it's always been mine. And I know I always loved it. But in this instance, since I can't remember playing with it, it's weirdly beneficial. I don't have specific memories attached to it, just vague general ones. And so they can't be tainted by dysphoria. So it's this clear pure, genuine thing that I have. I can remember it was always there and there's no bad feelings associated with it. So I thought it was like this total unicorn, right? It's the only thing, like, how could I ever get anything else like that? I can't. Or so I thought. So uh, one of the worst things that happened after I moved out, this is a very personal episode, is that I I only learned about this a short while ago, but my mother basically poisoned all of my siblings uh, with not not physically poisoned them, but I mean, with with distortions and outright lies about me and things that I said and did and felt. There's a really big age gap between me and the next oldest eight years. And the other six of them with there were eight kids uh, are all even further away from me in age. The youngest and I are 16 years apart. So yeah, so when I moved out, most of them didn't know me very well yet, right? Because they were right. they were really young and I was really old and I loved them dearly and I took care of them all the time. But most of them haven't spent much time with me and had no reason to not believe the things my mother said, right? None of us think our parents would lie about this stuff. So I, I only learned about this after reconnecting with my brother, who you mentioned that you have met, um, yeah. Josh. Josh. Uh, he, yes, he's, he's wonderful. And uh, he's the oldest of them. And... Uh, <laughs> This is kind of heartbreaking, but he had told me that uh, I was so poisoned in their minds that he used to tell people he was the oldest of seven kids. Mm. And that's like a knife in the heart, right? And mm-hmm. I don't blame him for that. It's not his fault. Uh, no no parent, no kid thinks their parent would lie to them about their brothers or sisters or siblings, but it happens. So reconnecting with him has been this total joy. I adore him and I tell him so every chance I get. And he's tried to tell my my siblings that I'm not who they think I am, but most have not shown a lot of interest in trying to reconnect with me. And it's got to be their choice, right? I can't force mm-hmm. it. But I send a message here and there, trying to let them know the door's open. And a couple of my sisters have talked to me a little. And so here's where this, this tangent of my messed up childhood and sibling relationships dovetails in with the past and my tainted memories. Mm-hmm. So... I guess my stepdad was cleaning some old things out and found a bunch of my old stuff that I didn't take when I moved out. And one of my sisters asked if I wanted them to just throw it out or should they mail it to me? I had no idea what this was. They said it was like mostly papers and some clothes. So for someone with no connection to her past, it was like this lifeline, right? So Mm -hmm. I said, yes, please send it. And it was agony waiting for that box to arrive. It was all this hope and fear, right? What wonderful or horrible things was in it? I had no way to know. So when it finally arrived, I found a bunch of stuff that I remembered from my childhood. There was this Christmas card holder that uh, my grandma made for me that 
I remember loving. Like a, a plastic canvas thing? She, my grandma was way into plastic canvas and making little, she made little I think houses out of it. everyone's grandma was into plastic canvas for a minute yeah, back then. Yeah, she, it was her favorite thing. But even that's kind of a little tainted because my dead name is stitched right into it mm-hmm. uh, and I could rip it out, but I'll always know it was there. So it's not like that would really help. But there were old school papers and art that I'd done. Uh, stories, little Tilly wrote some stories and finding those was amazing. And one, one of them is going to get a little thread by itself because I found something amazing when reading through it. So look for that in the future. So most of it was really abstract stuff that that didn't really mean anything to me, except, except, except. Okay, so there was this one baby outfit that my mother had saved for some reason. I don't know why. I don't remember it, of course, because I was like a baby. We're talking baby, baby. But it was this bright red pair of overalls and a dress shirt, which seems like an odd thing to put a baby in. Oh, no, that sounds about right. <laughs> People do dress babies in some weird stuff. I oh, had yeah. a, I had a baby leisure suit when I was little. Ooh, whatever. Yeah. That's fancy. Oh. I, I was pimping, let me tell you. Wow. <laughs> but included with this outfit was this matching fire engine red bow tie that was meant to clip to the, to- the, sure. the collar <laughs> of the shirt, right? It's bright, bright red, and it's really big. Which it is, is big. It is too big for a baby. Right. It's too it's big like, for me now. It's really big. It's huge. <laughs> okay. But if you don't understand the significance of that, if you go to the website and check out my threads on uh, disentangling sexuality from transness, and I know that seems like a weird topic, but it ties in with my love of bows and where it came from. And I I love, love, love bows, right? And they were kept for me my whole life because those weren't for you. So, and and you made me buy a lot of bows. <laughs> I did. That's You'll see that in, in that thread there. I made Susan. Yeah. I was always trying to be like, you look great in this bow. And she would humor me and buy it and wear it. And I was so happy because I was like living vicariously through you because I couldn't wear the bow. And then when Tilly transitioned, I said, here are all your bows. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> all the bows I loved are now mine. Um, it's magic. Yeah. So what happened to me, I mean, like, like this is mine. It's always been mine. It is a red bow and it is yours. It's as old as I am. It is a bow and it is mine. It has always been mine. I have no girly things from my childhood. No no connection from the me of now to the me of then, right? Except that now I do. Because a bow is a bow and this one's mine. It's yeah. my bow. <laughs> so out of nowhere, falling in my lap out of the clear blue sky is this sudden connection from my present to my past. It's a it's a little sign that says maybe your mom put this on your collar and not in your hair but it was there mm-hmm. it was with you and it's a piece of you a piece of your past a tangible connection that says not only do you exist finally as your true self but you've existed that way your entire life even if all the parts weren't in the right places and that instantly became the single most important physical object in my life and if you think i'm not going to wear it Every chance I get, then you have not been paying attention. Um, there have been several selfies that I know I've seen it in. Yes. Uh, if you look at uh, the the text versions of this thread or the Google Doc version, there are photos of not just the bow, but of me wearing it in my hair, where you can see it is even still ridiculously large in my hair as a grown adult woman. I can imagine how it looked when you were, when you were young, because I'm sure you look like you had a giant propeller around your neck there. Right. It's so big. Um, But anyway, so it's this remarkable thing. And I know a lot of trans people probably don't get that. So it's just another way I'm ludicrously privileged. But um, it's it's the only thing I have. Right. It's this bit that says little girly Tilly was there Mm -hmm. and she's here now. And that's my bow. And that's That's the weird 
complicated past. You know, it just occurred to me. Tell me. Have you ever realized that Superman is wearing a disguise yeah. of a normal man? And the real him is inside? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was always like, I love him because of his kindness and his compassion and his heart. And that is all true. But you have just blown my mind. <laughs> because he was disguised as a normal human man. And that's not who he really is. Oh, my God. <laughs> congratulations you've just written about five more threads for tilly you are hearing my brain explode live well you know i didn't even think about it until i saw your daily planet truck there yeah where he's wearing the glasses yes for some reason that and he's suit and he's but that's his disguise and he's saying look who i really am on the on the inside oh god it's amazing my whole world is turned upside down okay Wow. All right. Do you have anything you'd like to add about the past, <laughs> Jillian? How's it been for you? Um, uh, it's very similar. I mean, that's one thing when reading your threads that helped yeah. me figure out who I was because I was seeing so much of myself in all of this. Yeah, our backgrounds are, are different. I mean, I I had a reasonably happy, you know, two and two family, you know, two two parents, two kids. So, I mean, that's not necessarily been you know the same for me the one thing that i do have i mean i have a few star wars figures but what those those aren't an emotional attachment the thing that i still have the emotional attachment to is my pooh bear i've had that pooh bear since i was a teeny weeny itty bitty baby and i still have it to this day uh it's it's very old and it really doesn't do anything now but be on the shelf but like you it's something that has no gendered memories attached to it it's just me memories i remember yeah. snuggling with, with that bear when i was little you know and i'm lying in bed you need your little cuddle cuddle buddy you got your pooh bear and i've always taken that pooh bear with me when i've when i was traveling back and forth to school i would have that with me and it's just one of those things that it's always been there and it's never judged me it's never like i said it doesn't have any boy or girl memories with it it just has my memories with it yeah and so mm-hmm. That's a very similar situation there. And it's it's wonderful to have something that you can grab onto from your past that isn't necessarily tied to anything specific, good or bad. It's it's just, it's a constant companion. Like in this case, your Superman truck and then later your bow yeah. are, are your, your companions. I've got my Pooh Bear and it's just always been there and hopefully always will be if the cat stays away from it. I've had to rescue <laughs> it a couple of times. That's Loki. He lives up to his name. He took it as a challenge when we called him Loki. Do you have the the same difficulty I do with since you've been married for a long time as well with with your wedding photos? Yeah, um, we don't. This is an interesting thing. Um, my wife is blind, so um, that the only reason I, I say that is because I've never really felt the need to put up a lot of pictures around our house or even take a lot of pictures because sure. it's just me, and yeah. so I've. I, we have a couple. Uh, we do have our wedding photo up, and yeah, it is now especially very jarring to look at. You know, yeah. seeing seeing this this dude with the short hair and the goatee and the tuxedo that doesn't fit very well. I'm like you. I've, I never liked wearing suits or tuxedos or anything like that. I've never actually owned a suit. Me the neither. closest I ever had the closest I ever had was a sports coat that I bought in high school, and I wore that for thirty damn years. Wow. <laughs> because uh, I didn't care if it because I, I wore it so infrequently, it wasn't a big deal. And so yeah. 
yeah, it has been awkward. Those few pictures that I have, I've pictures for me, I've probably taken more selfies in the past, say, year and a half. Oh, yeah. Than I had our entire married life. Because that, that's know, why I, no one can find your trans Tuesdays because <laughs> nothing but pictures. Scroll, oh, scroll, 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 scroll. We are allowed to be happy that we <laughs> yes. can see ourselves now. Thank you. And we can share that with other people. However, that's right. Social media, we can. You know, it's like, I didn't say hey, you I, couldn't. No, I just took. I took a picture right before we recorded this. Actually, see, oh, yeah. I look cute with my headphones and the microphone set up and everything, and it's fabulous. So you know, it's fun. And even when I don't even look my best, it's still nice to have yeah, those memories now. Right? Whereas, and you know, before, you just, like, just take the picture and we can go on with it. You never wanted to. But now you're like, okay, I want yeah, to. Yeah, they were painful. I, but... I give a damn what I look like. Right? <laughs> you know? It's weird. I, I, I put effort into this. Let's document it. As opposed yes. to what's on yes. what's on top of the pile. If I if I put makeup on, there is no way I'm not getting a photo. Oh, yes. Every time. I, I do time. it very infrequently with makeup. Yeah. But when I do, yes, there will be pictures. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we have a kind of big anniversary coming up in a couple of years. And so I, I, if we're able to, and if COVID allows, I want to have a big sort of redo wedding with the real me and you and get better photos that are the real mm-hmm. us together. And, oh, no, that was a deep sigh. In our copious spare time. Yes. Well, <laughs> we're very that spare time that you have. With the writing and the podcasting. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just crying. That's why you're planning now so that you can block out time years yes. from now. Yeah. I'm right. like, that sounds amazing. I'm going <laughs> to break down a little. Yeah, okay. I'm crying too, but for entirely different reasons. Because mm. it would be, you know, okay. Anyway, so that's our episode. That's the past. It can be difficult and, and rough. And if you are a cis person, I guess just, just realize that asking, you know, trans folks, who especially those who transition as adults and not as kids and didn't get to be themselves in childhood, um, that can be a, a tough thing for us to talk about sometimes. So... And if you're a trans person out there, I hope you have something or can find something from your past, like my truck and my bow, like Jillian's Pooh Bear, that is pure and true and yours to say that you have always been here and you have always been you. And I hope that you get to be even more you every day in the future. Tilly Bridges and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at Tilly'sTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.